everybody. This is Keith Rainwater with the Designated Drummer Podcast, Season 3. This is the very first one of Season 3, and I have these two amazing guests with me, Robbie Wilson and Cheyenne Wilson. What's up? What's up? Hi. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, when you watch a Lone Star show, you see this, this good-looking blonde guy up there. No, not me. Um, <laughs> up there in the middle of the stage, rocking this bass guitar, singing high, and uh, that's Robbie, our bass player. So um, Man, yeah. I've been wanting to get you guys on here. And I know, Cheyenne, you're really busy working all the time and writing and all that. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here talking to you, man. It's awesome. That's, that's, and so that's why it's taken so long. You know, I've talked to Dean, I've talked to Michael, I've talked to Drew. Yeah. And I've been waiting to get you on here, but I wanted to get you and Cheyenne together. So I was, it's, it, it's a little... Perfect day. Yeah. Yeah, I love it's it. A little, it takes a little time to set that up, but finally you guys got here and fought traffic and here we are at the Bank Cave. <laughs> Gladly. Here. Yes. And, uh, so I'll just get right into it here. Um... Uh, one of the things I really love about you and your career and all that is you have a daughter, this beautiful daughter here that you've raised. You've been on the road almost all the time. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think in the early days you lived in L.A. or something like that. Right. When she raising was born, these little kids. We were in California. Yeah. And then decided, ah, you know, let's maybe move to Nashville to. I love California. I was there yeah. 18 years, but I didn't want to raise the kids there. Yeah. Um, just small town vibes and things that you have yeah. here plus it's a music city so i i said let's take a sh- take a chance let's go yeah. freaking out you could remain in the music industry exactly. just in a different city exactly and yeah. also like closer to family too yeah, like, yeah. It, oh that's true because like right in between my dad's family and my mom's family so yeah it was perfect yeah so it was a leap of faith and it worked out well and like Keach just mentioned you know i've been when I first got here, I played with lots of different artists briefly, but then I found this perfect gig with Lone Star. For 13 years, I've been playing with you. you yeah, know? you've been one of us. I mean, exactly. it, it's really it's, like a family, Lone it, Star. It really is, and that's why I have not left. I just, like, this was perfectly the spot for me, you know? Yeah, and you so. and Dean, you have a kinship or something, because you you and Dean hang out all, you are like best friends or something. They right? are he, best friends, aren't they? they? Really are. <laughs> Every time you see Robbie, he's with Dean, or you see Dean, Robbie's with it. They're right. just like these. Well, we're like-minded, the you know, like we both are, are, and you are too, like we're always driven, we're always reaching for something else, something new to, to navigate and explore, and you know, we're all creative beings, but he and I have a lot of that same, like, we produce things. We both um, we're actually working on a TV series together right now. Right, yeah, I want to talk about that here yeah, in a little bit. Yeah, so there's just so much in common, and the way we've raised our kids and the way we pour into them, the few days that we're home each week. Yeah. All, all of us have that in common, so. And one thing, another thing you two have in common is with your kids is they're super talented. Yeah. I mean, it has rubbed off on them. <laughs> They're I think, way you know, past us. <laughs> right. I mean, Bryson, with his, Bry, Dean's son Bryson, is a film director and all yeah, that. Incredible. And his daughter is like one of the smartest people I know. She's yeah. uh, Her talent is more in the medical industry, but amazing, talented person. And then you have Cheyenne and your son, oh, yeah. who's a football yeah, just kicker. So many talents. Um, I mean, so it's amazing when your kids surpass you. That's what we all want. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, they did that a while back. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to stop and say, quit surpassing me. <laughs> right. I feel like it's no choice when you're Robbie Wilson's daughter. You just got to do something great. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not an expectation thing. It's more just like, no, I could do that. I could, yeah. that song or that lick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's also just like embedded in me too. Like I, I grew up inspired by my dad, like seeing him on the road and everything. I'm like, I want to, I want to do that. I want to live that life, you know? Wow. 
Well, well I'm, I'm going to switch to you real quick uh, while we're talking to you. What got you started in the whole songwriting thing? Was it, did it spill out when you were uh, like a teenager or before preteen? So uh, I would write like little like baby songs when like as soon as I could figure it out, like what, four or five, yeah. like, like oh, wow. su- super, super young, just like cute little like nursery rhymes. But um, yeah, like it, it was just natural for me to write about whatever I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and the first song that I really like learned how to songwrite was with my dad and it was get a life when I was like nine years old we put it out at 10 I recognize that song Uh I have only heard that song about four million times (laughs) because well for those that don't know I shot a video for Cheyenne when she was 11 10 10. I I was 10 at the time I forgot I thought you were like 11 but it was she was 10 years old she wrote a song called get a life that was based on bullying right yeah yeah it it was like a really great learning experience for me like just being in the studio like really like doing a song professionally for the first time and then putting the song out and seeing the impact that it had on people inspired me so much and I just and it's based knew out of a true story, right? It, it was, yeah. That I was bullied pretty bad in elementary school, and really, like writing has always been my outlet. And my dad helped me to like structure it, all of my thoughts and feelings and emotions, and make something out of it. You know, yeah. And like that, just you know, ignited something. In How me. old are you now? I'm 21 now. 21 now. Wow. So From 11 years later. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> right. And we did right? another video for you. It was called... Yeah, the uh, next year. Like Something like... Uh, what well, was it Like You Want? Yeah. Like You Want. Oh, That's wow. it. Yeah, Like You Want. Remember that? Oh, there's our horn section. <laughs> never <laughs> horn never section. fails. At, when you're at the band cave, you get a free horn section. It's called <laughs> The Train. <I> <laughs> He just, it just, that's the way it is. You know? yeah, a great the, interruption. It, it, I love yeah, it. great interruption. <laughs> that, so yeah, it was called Like You Want, and uh, we shot a video on that too. That was a lot of fun. And that involved, uh, we had some students from Clarksville that came yes. down to help. Yeah, my the girlfriend. Yeah. We taught high school up there, yeah. uh, media arts in high school, and we got some high school uh, students that were very interested in filmmaking to come down right. and help with that. Yeah. So that was really cool. So it's what a blast from the past, man. Yeah. Like it, it's insane to think like that. That's where the journey started 11 yeah. years ago. And I, I could not give it up <laughs> ever since. I and couldn't. you're so easy to look at that the camera loves you. And that's what I loved Thank about you. shooting videos for you. You could just put you in front of the camera no matter where. And it just was a, it was a video. You know, it just looked great. <laughs> Funny that Thank Keisha would say so that much. as a kid, uh, she did some acting. Oh. And, oh, yeah. and her agent told her, like, sweetie, um, you're never going to get cast as a, you know, a small part in a movie or a show or anything because the camera loves you so much that you will stand out. And, like, you're right. only going to be able to do the major roles wow. in anything you do. And that's when it happened. She started doing commercials and things. And when those popped on TV, that's when her classmates started getting really upset oh you and know jealous and that's and how that, the bullying started it, it, it is how it started really? yeah like they would see me like uh, on tv or like it even at church like i did some industrial videos with lifeway and they would just come to school and just attack th- attack yeah the attack Gosh, like, you think kids would be more up. like hey that's cool well i, I feel like it kind of was cool at first if i remember correctly <laughs> it, it was so long ago I, yeah. i'm pretty sure that they thought it was cool but then eventually it was like we're sick of this girl, you know, <laughs> like, and, and wow. it's okay. Like, uh, it helped her, uh, learn when you go through troubles, uh-huh. you know, like there's such a blessing at the end of it. Like, uh, Shine used to always tell me like, there is no rainbow 
right. without that storm, you know, That's true. and you she learned so much it. from it and learned how to, um, and how listen. old was she when she said that phrase? That was like, uh, you know, she got bullied pretty bad and wrote that song at 10 and, um, gosh, I mean, she was 11 or 12 when she started wow. talking for, like for that. For somebody young she like that to have that perspective, so to understand smart. that, pretty <laughs> yeah. amazing. She was an old soul, always been an old soul. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty much be like, as a father, you go, okay, wow, I'm learning more from my child than I'm teaching her, but okay. Oh, you give me too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, yeah. Well, so you guys um, produce together and you write together. I remember you now telling me a long yeah. time ago that when she was, uh, it, this was right after we did the videos and yeah. stuff, so she's probably about 13 or 14, you said that when you're in the studio together, she will come in and say, no, I don't like that thing. I, li- I want right. this beat here. I want that. Right. So she started kind of taking a little more control. Completely. So as a kid, and after she started showing this was something she wanted to keep pursuing, you know, we kept saying, hey, be a kid. Don't, you know, give that up. Because she didn't have opportunities to possibly do like a Nickelodeon thing or Disney thing. And she passed on it. She's like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, I, I just want to be that. a kid right. and let myself grow. Because no matter what I write right now at 10 or 11, when I'm 18 or 20, I'm going to look back and go, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. Right. So, I <laughs> wanted to be taken seriously. So, you know, I, I yeah. didn't want to be like the bubblegum pop industry, like, plant, basically. Like, yeah, I, right. I knew that I had some growing to do, some learning to do about who I was and what I wanted to do, the impact I wanted to make and all of yeah. that. So. so as she grew, like, a lot of times when we would write, I would be leading the way in certain aspects. You're yeah. like, hey, you know, maybe let's say this this way. And it'd be 60-40 type, you know, who's contributing. Yeah. And all of a sudden it became where she's contributing 60, and I'm contributing 40. Then it became she's doing it all. And she just wow. writes everything, comes in, tells me what she wants, <laughs> plays down a piano and tells me how to produce it. Or she sends it to one of her other many producers that she works with. But, like, working with, with my dad has been so cool because he, like, led me down so many different, like, lanes like I tried so many sounds like so many different types of music and just like found what my lane was like eventually I realized oh like I I love that soulful music like R&B with elements of like pop and hip-hop together like just soul you know it we we found that eventually but she had that freedom because we have a studio in the backyard yeah Yeah. so there was no cost like just go out there mess around and that's what we've done for the past you know, 10 years. Decade, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of cool to know that, and, and and kudos to you for, we're in the country industry, we're in a country right. town, for her not to be latched on to country music at all. Right. Like, it's just like, to, that's just like completely gone from your, <laughs> uh, to me, your idea of music and producing and all that. Right. It's like, you're like, totally into that. Completely, that completely like, just of, R&B. Like you said, R&B and yeah. hip hop and that kind of thing. In my career in LA, you know, I was there 18 years, it was all rock. You know, yeah. so I wasn't really a country guy either. Um, so interesting that I found Lone Star is my favorite band or gig I've ever had. Right. But I never would have imagined that in 2000, you know, yeah, in, right. or in 2004 or whatever. You know, I would have like, there's no chance I'm playing with a country band. But right. here, here it I is. Yeah. It today. Exactly. And you were with, um, who was it you were with before the, um, well, the country uh, when, guys? Well, um, when I first moved to town, I think Paul Brandt was my first Oh, yeah. Gig. Canadian was, uh, Paul Brent. <laughs> yes. He's like the Vince Gill of Canada. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. Course, yeah. And I think it was like, hey, um, we're doing the Canadian Awards show, and his bass player couldn't make it because he was maybe playing with Carrie Underwood or something. And so I got that. And 
so instantly fell into like, oh, this is this is cool. And yeah. I did a few other things with him, like a Christmas special up there, and um, and then that led to I started meeting more people in town. I think halfway to Hazard's probably who that's you're what that's about. the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Halfway to Hazard. Then I was playing with Keith Anderson. Keith Anderson you guys needed a bass player that could sing, and that's how I you know got up with you guys back in like 2000. 10, I guess. Yeah, I think nine. so. I think yeah. that's right. Man, yeah. I, I remember all of those too, like all of those people. It, it's crazy. Like it was always family too, you know, yes. like the people that you would work with and all of that, they just showed so much love like to our family. And still in contact with all it, of them. They, and still know? to this yeah. day. Like, yeah. Like, and like, see, even amazing. some of my old bands in LA, uh, I've reconnected with some of the members from that. And that was from the early 90s. Wow. I moved there when I was a teenager, right out of high school from Mississippi. Yeah. Just a naive little boy with a dream, didn't know what I was yeah. getting into, but thank God I was naive because I didn't, I wasn't frightened by it. I just so, took off. <laughs> as far as your career as a bass player, right? Um, I'm curious about, and then I always kind of gear my podcast toward this, that moment of discovery, that moment, moment of decision where like an, almost an epiphany. Right. Did that happen for you on bass, or was it? Did you start with guitar and you just someone needed a bass you know player? What? You're right. Um, I was probably fourth grade, and I had a little acoustic guitar, and I knew I wanted to play music. Um, and then I got the Kiss Alive album or Kiss Alive Two, and okay. I heard Gene Simmons go Vroom, slide down the neck in between, and the crowd just went crazy. And then the power, you know, he had such cool bass lines in those songs, yeah. and I just think. Like, that's what I got to do. Wow. And then I started getting into Stevie Wonder and all the, like, the funk, like, that you could find at that time. Back so then. you identified with the bass, the, the riffs bass. and the bass and just movie. holding that down. Oh and that was God. your thing. That and drums, you know, it's, it's the root of yeah. a great song. And, and I just fail for that. And um, interesting enough, you know, years later, I ended up working with Gene out in L.A. Oh, that's cool. Uh, when they were doing pre-production for their circus album. And I'd become friends with him. And... And he wanted to go in, and he was writing some songs for Peter Chris to sing another song for that album because he had got Ace and Peter back for that record. Oh, okay, right, yeah. And um, he goes, man, I want to go in and cut these these songs I'm, I'm writing for Peter. He goes, but I don't want to play bass. I just want to sit in the booth and, and produce. He's like, you want to come do it? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, dude, <laughs> wow. I dressed up like you for Halloween every year as a kid, and now oh you want me to God. play bass. <laughs> That's incredible, man. So, uh, yeah, one of those surreal moments, you know, as a 22-year-old kid going, okay, pinch me right now. You know, <laughs> I, I think when he gave me my first check from him, I didn't even cash it because I just wanted to hold on to it going, are you kidding? I got a check from Gene Simmons. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. That is awesome. I never knew that about you. Well, That's I don't funny. Talk, We've you been know, in the band for 11 years now together. He also and, told me, you know, you never j name drop. You know, so it's just uh, weird to like go around <laughs> dropping names. Well, okay, I did this or whatever. Right. Uh, so funny. But, um, you know, he was a great guy. I learned a lot from the few moments that I did get to spend yeah. with him. He's just such a smart Learned a lot about business guy. Just being a good guy, just, being a good and person. And business person. Yeah, like, good he business. He doesn't drink. He doesn't, right. he's never touched anything. He was just all about how do you make this sustain? Yeah. How the do you machine. Make this work? He's like a. Yeah. He knows how to put together a well-oiled machine. Yeah. I listened to his audio book, and it was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, he's lived a life and yeah. still living a life. You know, from the time he was a kid, he was right. Gene Simmons. You know what yeah. I mean? He was. He he would uh, uh, date girls and all this stuff. You know, <laughs> even when he was a little kid. Right. You know, from and his audio book, he was always a ladies' man. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a ladies' boy. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but, so anyway, so back to you, Cheyenne, um, and your songwriting and all that. Um, so you're you continue to songwrite, and that's amazing that you turn down some of those big. Most kids would just go, "Oh yeah, I'll do it, sure, whatever, to be a star." Yeah. And you something sort of just held told it back. me, yeah, yeah. something just told me not to. Like I, I just had a feeling. I, I always like pray and ask God for like wisdom and guidance, like with everything I do, with every decision that I make. And it just didn't feel like that was the right thing for me, you know? Right. So that, yeah, that's all it was, I guess. It's just a gut feeling like this isn't right. Not yet. You know? And with songwriting, you don't have to commit to anything. It's just like you just write and it pours out and you, Dem, you record them or demo them or whatever, and as a, a and it's a very lucrative business too, songwriting. If you can get cuts right. and you get people to uh, embrace your music, oh, you yeah. don't have, you don't even have to leave the house. It's amazing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> some songwriters. It's it's amazing. I, I definitely feel like I'm a songwriter first. You know, like that creative process is everything to me. Yeah. Like that's how I deal with everything going on. Like when I'm inspired by something, I I start writing. I can't help it. You know, yeah. like it. I, I'm I work downtown to like sustain my life right now. I'm a server on Broadway. Um, but like sometimes I'll get a song idea when I'm working and I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to the bathroom and I'll go to the bathroom and like put it in my voice memos or like in my notes or something. Like it's it's a disease. Like wow. <laughs> I, I can't stop making music, man. It's that's, crazy. It's a good disease to have. Right. right. I had that disease. Can you can you it's rub like, that disease off on me, Sam? <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. You know, like sometimes I can't sleep at night. Like I'm right. I'm up at yeah. like three five six in the morning right like an idea that like a dream or something yeah or, or yeah like that happens too like i'll wake up and be like i i need to get this idea down you know like god just gave me something i need to wow. i need to get I to think work they say paul mccartney used to do that he would yeah. in the middle of the night he always had a pad of paper and a pen right next to his bed and he would wake up at all hours of the morning and write down stuff yeah. uh, right things that he had. Uh, all the time like I, i'll like roll over and like put some in my voice memos and be like okay I'm going to go back to sleep and then be like, nope, I got more ideas. Right. I'm up. So know? what do you think the next morning when you or when you go back to listen to those, are you kind of like, what was I thinking? Or you're <laughs> like, hey, that was really cool. Well, you know, like it, there are some times where I'm like, okay, well, Cheyenne, you're a little crazy, <laughs> you know, but, but you got to believe in yourself. You got to have faith because like there will be those songs that are like, wow, that's magic, you know? Wow. Yeah. So like it, it, maybe like two out of 10 ideas are going to like really hit you know yeah. but like I, I gotta get them all down because you never know like what it's gonna become so when the idea you know? comes to you in the night like that is is it with a melody or with a beat or anything or is it just a lyrical thing and then you figure that out later um it, honestly it comes to me in so different so many different ways like sometimes it starts like as an emotion or an idea or like a lyric sometimes it's literally just a melody or sometimes i even like hear the chord progression first wow. you know like and I'll, I'll go figure it out like whatever's in my head like on the piano and be like okay this is what it is and then I'll start like humming and like gibberish whatever yeah. and then it just kind of like comes like to a me true that songwriter way. that's the way a lot of songwriters <laughs> do the first time I ever saw a songwriting session years ago uh, I, I couldn't believe the, what they were doing I was like that's how songs are written they would start playing the guitar and they would sing two words and they would hum the rest like mm, she's blonde six foot three <laughs> whatever you know and i'm like that's how you do it <laughs> you yeah just fill in the blanks yeah that you really do just like fill in the blanks and like kind of find the flow and the melody and yeah. then like words come to you later like usually it's kind of like that for me yeah that's amazing that is totally amazing so um 
You know, one thing I noticed about songwriters and bands and things like that is that that when these bands like, um, let's say, uh, Dire Straits or, or, or these big bands that have been around forever, you listen to their songs today, now, their new songs, they just don't ring like they right. did when they were younger right. and they were going through all of that stuff that they were going through. So Completely. there's a young, there's something about you young people and <laughs> us young people when we were young, right. the, the things that you go through when you're young and the things you write about are not the same as when you're exactly. a grandparent right? <laughs> something like that. You know? Yeah, like the, the perspective changes over time and, and I'm excited to like see how the music progresses with that as well. Right. Like, like looking at people like my idols, like Beyonce, like uh-huh. the kind of music that she was making at my age versus the Lemonade album that she made later on. Like she just keeps getting better, you know? Yeah. Oh, here's our horn section and, again. <laughs> so I'm hoping that like the songwriting and the music like making is gonna just get better with time. Yeah. It, it does change. It goes through little movements, you know. Like, right. I remember in the 80s, it was all drum machines and very mechanical and that kind of thing. The vocals were always the way they were, you know, right. like emotional and singing real high and all that stuff. And um, and it was all really mechanical. And then it kind of, in the 90s, it kind of went to more real stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. And then it seemed like it changed back to kind of mechanical stuff again, you know, for a little while. And now it's back Completely. to the, the more organic feel, you know. Yeah, I love like mixing the two, you know, like I'm very, very inspired by like the 90s sound, the early 2000s, like that R&B era was just magical. And and also like the pop era too, like just, it's amazing. It's iconic. And like, I want to bring that iconic feeling and, and that realness back in like a modern way have my little Cheyenne thing like a little twist to it but yeah that's kind of like how I would describe my sound is very like influenced by those eras versus like what's going on right now and the lyrics that are on top of that are just from what you're going through personally and that kind of thing right? pretty much yeah or like I get inspired by other people's stories too like uh, whatever my friends are going through like they'll tell me about something that they're going through and I'll write a song for them basically as if you were like from your as if as if I was in their position you know and then I'll show it to them and they'll be like oh my gosh Cheyenne you just told my story better than I know how to you know (laughs) and like and I'm like okay (laughs) well songwriting you know you guys inspire me so like I'm definitely inspired by like movies like tv shows just random things like random feelings like I'll tap into another person's perspective sometimes not always just my own you know that's amazing and then, how, so how long would it take uh, you to say you talk to your friends, and you start coming up with some ideas and lyrics, and you record some stuff? What kind of time span would usually and normally would 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 that be like uh, for me to like write a song? Yeah, to, for the song for to go from like your friends talking to you to like a finished song, a week, two weeks, a month. Oh, oh. Or well, I guess it de- it's all over the place. Probably depends. So like writing the song, a lot of the times, like whenever I am struck like inspired i can i can write a song in like you know like 30 minutes an hour but then it's like okay when's dad coming home because we got to get in the studio (laughs) right yeah exactly (laughs) you know yeah Uh, like like last week we went monday night to see the elvis movie Mm because i'm a huge elvis fan i was when i was a kid and when she was a baby she was in love with elvis like i had this vhs tape of elvis rehearsing for his Vegas shows or something. It was like oh. a documentary. She watched it every day. Wow. And she was two years old. I mean, she loved Elvis. And so we go to that movie Monday. It was incredible. She gets home. 
I go to bed. I wake up at 6.30 Tuesday morning. She's in the kitchen, still wide awake, has written three songs, a video treatment for one of the songs that we just recorded, um, on the computer booking studios to film a video the next day. Like, she, and it got done. Like, it'll be out next week. I mean, she just was inspired, and she couldn't turn it off. And finally, like, it noon i said go lay down you're gonna you're gonna crash <laughs> and this is because of the elvis movie it re and it just your yeah. just hit it was like, just kind of rekindled yeah it absolutely did like seeing his story be told in such an amazing way like that movie is probably like my favorite movie now like it's been forrest gump but now i think it's like forrest gump and elvis <laughs> right. honestly elvis gump uh-huh. <laughs> and, and Tom and Hanks. Tom Hanks was in both of those. Oh, but right. There's That's something right. magical about that man. He's amazing. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it just it had me. I couldn't sleep for days. Really, like I, I was just working constantly. Like it, something inspired me, struck in me. Like I just I had to get to work. I uh-huh. really did. Like I'm like I'm 21 years old. I am gonna kick it into high gear right now. That like, is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I've just been trying to like study like marketing plans, like how to do this stuff myself like it how I can like maximize the potential of each release you know independently wow. like uh, all of it is so much that goes into it so I'm You're always like your own manager <laughs> at, the t- at the moment yes it can be kind of overwhelming though like doing all of it myself because mm-hmm. the more I learn the more I realize I have to do yeah and I'm like whoo this is why I can't sleep at night because <laughs> right. I always need to work on something there's always something to be done That's so true. I would definitely say that the next step is finding like management like and and building that team that that can really help me navigate all of these different lanes i have to be in and like uh, it's just so much it is amazing the amount of manpower that it takes to for an artist a band it it really takes a village behind the scenes yeah i mean it does it takes a village you're right yeah it really does she's building a quite a amazing team right here with other young creatives like video people makeup people uh dancers dancers yeah, uh, choreographers. yeah. choreographers uh well that last video that you did that bryson dean's son bryson directed uh, uh has some uh, choreography in there yeah did you, yeah did you do the choreography or did some, um, you have somebody in there so uh, my friend abby actually did the choreography uh and it was my friends abby and reyna who, who danced with me in that video and then uh the video after that she also choreographed and I had four dancers and, and that was a lot of fun, wow. you know, to, just kind of like dipping my toes into that like realm of performing because that's the kind of performances I want to give is yeah. like fully choreographed, like super like meticulous, yeah. like, like a Beyonce show or a pink show or Britney Spears or something I was watching like a clip <clears throat> the other day of Shania Twain yeah. live in Vegas, like on stage and her every move of her show Every note, every moment is choreographed. Right, the yeah. The way she stands here, she holds her arms out, they pull the gloves off, the, <laughs> right. the dudes, you know, the yeah. dancer dudes. And, and that's where the magic everything. is, man. I, yeah. I love it. Like, uh, watching people that perform that way has always been, like, wow to me. So, like, I, I knew I had to do that. So wow. I'm, just I'm envisioning like, this this future Shania, I mean, uh, sorry, Cheyenne <laughs> right? show with all this crazy, cool, you know, stuff going on and amazing voices and musicians. She's playing her first festival this september in september so so that's on the main be stage so she will have uh-huh. my first four dancers and everything. Yeah, a band yeah. and everything yeah. uh, i i'm not gonna do a band a DJ for that. um yeah it, but i am gonna have like a fully choreographed set and it, awesome. there's gonna be like some visuals too like some screens so i'm like ooh, 
like this is a nice stage wow. you know it's gonna be a really decent sized crowd like a festival so wow. uh it, i always told myself too that i wasn't gonna go to a festival until i was performing at it and this is my first festival ever attending and I'm performing. Wow, so that's great. I, I'm like, words are power. Like you speak that, you believe it yeah. and you set goals for yourself. You can make it happen. So I'm just starting to see like little things like that, like starting to happen. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, for I a little it. while there, I felt like you weren't going to be into the live performing thing. As Robbie was saying that, um, you know, you kind of did a couple shows, but you're really more into the writing. Right. And I thought, in my mind, I thought, oh, okay, well, I, she just doesn't want to perform, you know, but I was wrong. Well, <laughs> you, uh, honestly. You're just waiting for the right moment. Well, I had, like, really bad stage fright, to be honest. Oh. And, and I, like, naturally as a kid, I wasn't really scared to perform. I always, like, wanted the spotlight. I always wanted to, like, sing and dance and da-da-da, just be a diva, whatever. Um, but like when I was bullied, it definitely changed how I viewed myself. And I had a lot of like self doubt and I literally just like destroyed my own like confidence internally. Yeah. So I had to like learn, grow, teach myself like who, who do I want to be? How does that person think? Is that person scared to get on stage? No, you know, like that I'm made to do this. So wow. I, I, don't have like a shred of fear or anxiety to perform now but i did back then yeah so like that's another like big hump i had to get over is like performing i love the way you just said the way your thought process like how would she do it like almost the third person yeah right like, yeah how what would it's almost like saying you know what would jesus right. do or something exactly. like you know that that phrase it's yeah. like what would i do what would she, what would i like, me learn that's the performer. to um you know, no one's words have power over you unless you give them that power. And she right. decided to remove that power. So she's like, you know what? Their words that they said, they, they have no effect on me no longer because I'm right. choosing for them not to affect me. And you, know? you are exactly yeah. how you feel about yourself, you know? Right. So, like, I, I chose to feel like, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm a superstar. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> afraid to say it. And yeah. I'm excited, you know, to, like, be on this journey to finally feel that way about myself and, and have the confidence to get on a stage and own it and like really connect with people like that's I, I was missing that yeah. you know but like that's honestly like the best feeling in the world so yeah. I, I'm really glad that I was able to like get over that it's you know it's weird. amazing how there's so much that goes into a performance it's not just singing it's like you said the choreography the look the the sound but then really when you really boil it down it really does all come down to just a great voice yeah. Isn't that, that funny that is how that, yeah. I mean, it starts with that and then it branches out into all this other stuff, but it really does. It's the core of what you do live is that when someone comes and says, right. they identify with your voice and it's like, wow, she sounds, she sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and all that other stuff is just kind of like icing on the cake, sure. right? Yeah, you know? Absolutely. I, one of my like biggest goals is to like really sound live almost exactly like I do on the record, but because like we don't really do much to like you know, make me sound any different, right. you know, it's, like the vocal production is really, really raw, you know, yeah. like it's just bringing my like natural and she voice was, forward. I'll interrupt you and say that she was born with perfect pitch. Like when is she was right? six months old, she had a toy piano and she never would bang it. She would play, hit notes and whatever yeah. note she hit, she would hum it and sing it. Oh, and wow. So I knew right then that she identified with that's, note and frequency that's and uncommon to have yeah. perfect pitch i mean relative pitch yeah a lot of people have that but perfect she could pitch, do it i know so few people and yeah. even in high in middle school she could look at sheet music and choir 
without a piano, look at the notes and then go over to the altos and sing to them their part and wow. teach them their part. Without any reference go, of Exactly. Note. She, just, she just could look at, oh, that's a C to a C sharp to E flat, and she could sing it, wow. which is crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all of that, I guess, plays into, like, the factor of, like, I, I do sound, you know, like that live too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people like over the years, cause I wasn't performing, would be like, oh yeah, she just got tuning on her voice. Like she can't even sing. But like they see me live, videos of me live and it's like, oh, she can sing, yeah. she can. Wow. It's <laughs> you know? so funny today on the right here, she was talking about uh, Queen, right? And yeah. how yeah. like back then there was no tricks. It was like, you had yeah. to be talented. Right, yes. Every guitar player, bass player, drummer, singer, they all had to, you had to perform really it for do. real. Like, and, and she's like, those records are just so magical to this day because yeah. of the quality of the musicianship. And I'm like, going, I'm so glad that my child recognizes that. Yeah, you know? that, like, it, there's magic in every element of, of those records. Yeah, you know? yeah like, there's no hiding behind no. anything back then. You had to yeah. be able to... You had to really be yeah. a, a you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you had to be awesome. And I like how back then... Uh, back in the you know the 70s 80s yeah. when you heard an artist I mean it was like you knew who they were you yes. know they had a sound they Completely. had a, a vibe not yeah. only the things they sang about but also the the beat the You're right the, way the musicianship the yeah, yeah the songs they had a sound to them and you could immediately identify yes you know with with them yeah like, that's Boston or that's oh, uh, Kansas completely. or Van Halen Van Halen yeah, yeah. you knew you Gosh. knew by listening to the, the little things you know, and it's so so iconic. Honestly, it's just I don't hear it that much today. I hear yeah. it kind of now with people like Adele and Beyonce mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That that's more in the vein of that. Yeah, that you know who they are. School, yeah. you knew who they were. Art, but the industry is so incredibly saturated because like people have access to laptops and you know they just put stuff out themselves. So there's a lot of music out there. Um, but it's almost throwaway, isn't it? it kind of a, <laughs> kind of a little bit. Music. Like I, I don't want to like sound like a hater, but it's a lot of people, you know, making music and just putting stuff out there. But it's not really like the kind of magic that grabs you, you yeah, know. Like right. a, a, a lot of people do music for the wrong reasons. That like when you set the intention, like this is who you are, and you have like I, I don't know. I feel like you can feel the intention. That, that's part of the magic in yeah. the in the stuff so like Adele has that that yeah. factor like Sam Smith Bruno Mars like the greats you, you can feel like it's just who they are they had yeah. no choice but to make music you right. know so <laughs> and th it's there's like a difference you're tapped into their what they're going through their feelings and somehow they it yeah. comes across uh, absolutely right? yeah that they are like anointed beings they were chosen for that for that totally, path yeah. you know completely yes so what's what's uh, you got the show coming up pretty soon, and yeah, yeah. that's just going to be. I, f I have a feeling, a gut feeling that that's going to be the very beginning for you. I mean, I, beginning I so. of like the the next chapter, which is going to be a like EP your career. Prior to that, correct? Right. Yeah. So like my plan is, uh, since I am independent and I'm still growing, like I figured putting out a whole project all at once might not be the smartest idea. So I'm doing like five song EP but dropping them as singles two weeks apart so that's a good idea uh, each song has their moment and everybody can dive into each song and stay with me on the journey and then right after I release my last song it's it's going to be in September so I'll have that 
show right after that to, just to like top like icing on the cake and play um, them all right and just hit, hit them right. all. Uh, uh, I'm all not exactly sure what my set list is going to be just yet. <laughs> How long like, do you get to play? Um, I, I think I have like a 25, 30 minute set, something like that. Cool. Um, so I, I'm I'm pretty excited. That's that is I cannot wait to see <laughs> the audience. I got to tell you a little story uh, for my listeners out there. Uh, so I was doing a, another video for somebody else. That was a contest winner. Somebody won a contest, a songwriting contest, and I got shy. I talked Cheyenne into being an extra in this, like an actress in this right. video of shooting this little classroom scene. Oh, I remember and that. And so we were behind the scenes, and we were all kind of talking. And the the other girl singer was there, and I don't even remember her name. I, I do. I've done so many videos <laughs> right. the years, but um, uh, cute girl and great singer and all that. And you were Cheyenne. You were there, and then some of the guys that were helping out, some of the other students that were in the video, some of the guys were all standing around and they said something like about uh you singing or something like that kind of got and uh, or i said something to somebody i right. said yeah she's a singer too I, I did a video on her and they go oh you have a singer and do you have it what does it sound like what is what and I, and I think you said well i've got something out in the car let me go get the cd so we popped it in while we were like setting up or something like right. that and played one of your songs and it was like all the, it was so it's such a great moment because right. everybody in the whole room was like wait hold on wait Whoa. that's you right <laughs> i that, remember that that's you singing that's your song and she goes yeah i wrote it and he was kind of trying to play it off like right i'm just an extra here i mean it's not about <laughs> me it's not my day but right. yeah wow it, I, I totally forgot about that memory but you just like pulled it pulled it out <laughs> of my brain that's and crazy. i just saw the smile on your face and you were kind of being shy about it sort of coy but um I'll never yeah. forget that moment. It was like all those guys were just like, wait a minute, that's you? Yeah, it's so funny. I used to be like hesitant to tell people about my music like back then. But now I'm like, I'm an artist. Hello. Like, you want to see my business card? <laughs> right. Wow, that is awesome. Man. Yeah, com- complete 180 in that way, for sure. Wow. I cannot wait to see some of the reactions and the, the, the show and stuff like that and where you go from there. Yeah, I'm so excited for that, too. I, I plan on getting, like, really good footage of it, and then hopefully that will open some more doors to do more festivals and just keep doing those big shows because that's how you, like, really grow and, like, yeah. get that exposure. And, yeah, the, it's going to be an inc- insane journey. I, I know it. You gonna try to do any like surprises, any kind of cool things on stage that they would just go, whoa. Well, uh, honestly, I don't really think many people know it's gonna be a choreographed set. Like I, I think that a lot of artists, a lot of the time, just get up there with a mic and a DJ and you know like perform their music. But I'm, I'm coming like with a show, you know. I know. That's as be opposed so great. to just going up there and like singing, you yeah. know. I love moments when you're watching somebody perform and they do this thing that just blows your mind. Like I remember the first time seeing Michael Jackson perform and the first time he did that moonwalk. Wow, yeah. The whole you could just feel the oxygen being sucked out of the place (laughs) when he did that. It was like, what? Wait, what was that? What did he just do there? Man, I'm so so inspired by the way that Michael Jackson would just dance around on the stage and he would just own it. So man. choreographed. I mean, yes. he didn't even have to choreograph. He could just do his he own could thing. Freestyle. And, I know. Yeah. He, he was an insane talent. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely one of those like that. I try to like tap into his his energy and like get inspired by it. Like watching him perform and like Elvis, he, Michael Jackson, those kind of people. <laughs> and, and Prince even too. You yeah, know, yeah, like it, th- those three. Like oh. Yeah, the, the, oh, and then 
queen like Freddie Mercury. Oh, of course, of course yeah. those are those are my top. We raised her right. Big <laughs> showman. Her, her dad's a rocker the, the, in L.A. when she was a baby, so everything was rock. In Gene the Simmons, house. you know, yeah. my good friend Gene Simmons told me. Uh, <laughs> but no, I hate that. you also like ex- expose me. <laughs> you you expose me to so many like different types of music You're too. Welcome. Growing up, yeah. not just rock. Like it was also like. Bob Marley and yes. like R&B oh, wow. and yeah. hip hop and like all kinds of things. Yeah, Outkast you know? was one of my. Uh, oh yes, yeah. uh, Outkast right. is amazing. So Lauren Hill, like Lauren Hill, stuff like favorite. that. Yeah. So th- I feel like that also had like a, a big impact on me as well. Like growing up hearing that kind of stuff, like it just it all makes sense now. Wow, <laughs> you well, know. I think I predict. I think that you are going to make a difference in the music, you know, in the, the so music much. industry, and you're going to make an impact on. That that's the goal. I I really I, f- I feel that too, and, and I'm so glad like that you see the vision with me. Like that means everything. You I know? totally do. Yeah, you've got the whole you write, you sing great, you look awesome. I mean, Thank it's you. And, and then when you add that <laughs> dancing into it too, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, she's like a total. She could start writing screenplays and like yeah. So, so <laughs> many creative next. outlets. Yeah. Have fun with that. And that's cool that you said you said that she wrote a treatment. She just like you know how to write a video treatment. A lot of people don't yeah, know what that is. Uh, but after I, I have a song, I'm, I like well, I hear I hear music in color already. So like, uh, whenever I hear a song, I'm like, okay, these are the colors of the song. This is like how it needs to flow, and and I get like visions of things, and I'm like, okay, so how how do I bring this vision to life? Like I, I'll write things down and try to like get some reference photos and all of that together and like send it to my videographer and be like okay this is the vision so how how do we execute (laughs) yeah and do detail for every scene how the lighting should be i mean she knows lighting everything that had to study all of that stuff but it's been it's been fun learning about that that is so awesome (laughs) it's been fun Man, so, yeah, she don't need me no more. Yeah, see how it's gonna all come out, you know, soon. Yeah, I yeah. can say I knew you win. <laughs> me too. Hey, I'm hey, so excited me? Uh, yeah. to, to put out this video too. Like that after Elvis, I was like, oh, I gotta make some stuff happen right now. That's right. I gotta get on the stick. Right. <laughs> so next week the video comes out that you just filmed last week. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, the got him like the first single from the EP drops uh, in two days, July eighth. And then a week after that is when I plan to put the video out. So that's cool. So I'm what excited. I like about that is, you know how like when you see a series on Netflix or something right. like that, a mini series, and then they'll they'll hold off on the next couple of episodes or something. So right. people are just chomping at the bit to see it, and it's, it's exciting. They're like they they plan parties around it. Right. Watch the new <laughs> Umbrella Academy or the new whatever Stranger Completely. Things. Oh and yeah. They, and so you're doing that. You're you're doing that same thing is what you're doing is making people anticipate the exactly. next thing and the next right. thing i can't wait to hear her next song uh, absolutely so like they know an ep's coming but it's not happening all at once so they have to they have to keep checking they have yeah. to come back and keep coming and, back and, yeah, yeah absolutely and that's gonna be awesome and a the video attention span the of young people today is so short yeah or anyone because we have everything accessible on our phones and so uh you know you can't give them too much all at once yeah so you have to just do it piece by piece right. Yeah, right and then once i have like a decent a decent following a decent audience i'll have you know the attention and, and like the following to be able to drop a project all at once but i just like i know right now i'm in the building phase so yeah. like I, I need to make sure that i'm giving every song their moment and, and allowing my audience you know to to grow with me right. like yeah. to, to like get used to me and like 
being like on this journey with me so like when i do drop a project probably like next year they're like oh yes i'm ready for this i'm gonna take an hour of my day and listen to this you know but it's a lot to like get people to do that so you have to build to that point managed to encapsulate two things that my dad taught me when i was growing up one is he always say you don't have to tell everything you know and so you've kind of you know all this stuff, but you're kind of, you, you didn't really, you just kind of kept it to yourself. Right. And then until you need it. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, well, I choreographed, I storyboarded, <laughs> right. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing is um, give a little bit and back off. Don't yeah. just like throw it all out there. Yeah. You just give them a little bit and back off. And then that way they're wanting more, you know. So that's yeah. really great. Yeah, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you're smarter than you thought. <laughs> you're smarter than you thought. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to shift a little bit to Robbie. Um, you grew up in the south and yes. down in is it mississippi well, i was born in mobile alabama but raised like 30 minutes from there over in moss point mississippi moss which point, is all on the gulf coast yeah. and and yeah. also i was i thought it was really cool when i first got to know you that you grew up in the same town that the guys with three doors down yes yeah. some of those guys same either the whole school. band or yeah, yeah went to high school which is interesting because i what was it maybe five or six years ago you and i were on tour in europe yeah and they were on tour at the same time. In Germany, yeah. And we had a night off somewhere in Germany, and I reached out to, to them, and they like, come on to the show. And we all went and got to... I remember because it was like an hour away or something, and we thought, well, we <laughs> can't t- get a taxi for... But but we did. Somebody did. Somebody <laughs> we, we talked to a taxi, taxi driver, and we going got going. To do we it. got three or four guys, yep. and we're going to go to this thing, and we need you to hang around. We'll pay you. We'll tip you, whatever. Yes. And he and did it. it. Worked. We gave him like he 150 it. bucks. Yeah. Hey, man, can you drive us to Mannheim tonight? And he yeah. he did it. And he, we said we're going to be in there for like two and a half hours. We pick us can up. Can you wait like, for yeah. us? <laughs> and he did. Oh, so interesting. But yeah, they they've had a great career. Um, and I'm pretty sure they all live up here now in yeah, Nashville. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it was but a that, great. That but I knew there. when I was growing up, I was a few years ahead of them, and um. I just didn't have any partners like that to yeah. write songs with and all that. So that's why I said, well, I, I have to move. And L.A. was happening. That was the place where everybody was getting record deals, yeah. Motley Crue, Poison. This and, would have been about the late 80s, right? This when, was late 80s, yeah. So I moved there right out of high school in 89. Uh-huh. I was 18, I guess, and and just went and got an apartment a little right behind Man's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard and found a job three days later at a telemarketer place. Wow. You know, me with my Southern accent trying to, <laughs> but I got it. You know, God just opened doors for me. And then um, six months later, I finally found a, um, a band that just got a deal and their bass player was having drug issues. Mm-hmm. So they needed somebody and I was... You know, I don't think I got the gig because I was the most talented guy, but I think I was young and naive and just ready And you weren't to do on it. drugs. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, we can take this kid, give him barely any money, and put him on a you know tour, and he'll be happy, which I was. And, and boom, like a few months later, I was on tour. Wow. They're like, uh, they're like hey, he's only 18. You exactly. Don't, you don't have to pay him We don't got to pay him anything. <laughs> and, oh, but it was cool because, awesome. you know, I'm 18, I'm in like, and all of a sudden, I'm in Metal Edge magazine, Rip magazine, wow, all those things, and, awesome. and I'm on tour. And I remember we'd be on tour, and we'd go to, like, you know, Dallas. We'd get there the night early, and the guys would, like, take off to a local club or whatever. Uh-huh. And I couldn't go. I was too right. young, so I'd stay at the hotel, go to the payphone, call my mom. And, hey, Mom, <laughs> do laundry. I mean, 
Oh, it was a great life, though. I look back, those are some of the best memories. And, and that then, was a metal, like a metal Yeah, band? it was a band called Toy Rose. It was like a glam rock, like a poison. You know, we all yeah. wore makeup, the whole thing, long hair. Wow. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, yeah. Hair metal. It completely. <laughs> My dad, the hair metal guy. <laughs> and then when that such band an iconic time period. Dispersed, yeah. a couple years later, um, I got with another band um, on MCA called Dead, White, and Blue. And that lasted a couple years. And MCA ended up dropping us. We were trying to get another deal, um, and Warner Brothers A&R came out to see us. He passed on us, but he liked me. So, really? uh, and he had signed one of the biggest bands out of LA at that time in the early 90s was called uh, LSD. They had uh, 10 labels bidding over them. It was Whoa, the biggest really? bidding war since family. And it was metal too? It was, it was, was it rock, rock. Yeah. yeah. It was more rock. Um, anyway, their bass player after their first album, he decided he fell in love on tour, got married, and moved back to North Carolina. Wow. So they were auditioning bass players from all over the globe, Seattle, LA, New York, 350 bass players. And I, so anyway, Barry got in touch with me. He goes, hey, I think you'd be perfect for this gig. Can you go audition? I'm like, yeah. He goes, can you come to Warner Brothers and pick up a CD? I go, dude, I'm a fan. I got the CD. <laughs> He's like, okay, even better. He goes, how long you need? I go, I can go right now. I, go, <laughs> I know all the songs. I'll, like, I'll be there. I can learn it, anything. He's like, well, learn two songs and nine o'clock you have an audition. So I go, there's a line of bass players outside the door waiting. And I knew half of them, yeah. you know, and anyway, I and left. And they were all like, oh, Robbie's here. Let's no, go No, home. no, no, no. <laughs> like I said, once again, <laughs> talent was not always the thing. It was just, uh, you know, but I left that night. I remember calling my mom the next day. I go, mom, I just, you know, she knew I was, looking for work because mm -hmm. I just got dropped from my last band. I called her the next day. I go, hey, I just got a gig with a band of Warner Brothers. They hadn't hired me. It took two weeks before they called me, but I just knew in my heart, like, that was my gig. Yeah. And two weeks later, finally, Stanley, the singer, called me and goes, hey, man, we, we think you're the, you're the right guy. Come on down. And, and, and that, was, that was amazing. Yeah. But I How long were you that. With, that, with that project? Oh, that was a couple years as well. And then that was probably 95 when it ended. What kind of venues were you guys doing? Well, we, not a lot because we were writing the second record. Oh, so we were yeah. kind of like in the studio six days a week. Were you writing as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, like wow. Like we were busy, busy from 10 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. Whoa. And then we'd get off and go to the Rainbow for dinner every night. Like, you know, I mean, it was it was good. But it finally, like, uh, Barry, our A&R guy, got let go at Warner Brothers. And you know how that is. When the A&R yeah. guy goes, yeah. all the bands go. And we eventually got dropped. But he began to become the guy in L.A. that put bands together for everyone. Yeah. So, and he started talking to me going, hey, you know, you're a great guy, great talent, easy to work with. You don't have to just put another band together. You could get work just being a bass player. Yeah. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, like Lannis Morissette, Ozzy, all these artists, Jewel, uh, mm -hmm. Sheryl Crow, they all need bass players and musicians. And, and you, you don't have to worry about exactly. all the head trips and stuff. And you stuff can make a good living. And I'm like... Oh, okay. So I started thinking that way. <laughs> yeah. Finally. And um, anyway, that's long story short, when I got to Nashville, here I am. You know, you guys hired me. You know, so, yeah. So. That is awesome. Well, uh, I think that's cool that you, you, you had a couple kids. Yeah. And you're in L.A. and you're thinking like, you know, it, it's, as easy as it would be to stay around here, I really think the best thing. Right. Like God told you that you need to go to Nashville. Completely. Because after LSD got dropped, I, I had some opportunities, but... I was like unsure what to do with music because um, music was changing. It was becoming really different. And I was like, I wasn't finding anything I wanted to do. So I 
said, well, I got to work. So I got to find a job. And I got into the movie industry and started building sets. And I started working on the number one Nickelodeon show at the time. As a set builder? Yes. And I worked there for three seasons and loved it. It was so much fun because you're still being creative in a different way. You know, during that process, uh, I'm like, Nashville, let's go to Nashville, you know. (laughs) But but I enjoyed my journey uh, for a few years building sets and working in the movie industry. That was a blast. Yeah. That must have been. I've always kind of secretly wanted to do that. Oh, you would be perfect for it. We've ever been on a set. I always go behind the facade, you know, behind the walls and see how it's all built. Oh, yeah. I'm a maker myself, you know, and I like to see all the little tricks and things like, oh, that's not real brick. That's like some foam core that they glued on and they made it look like brick. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's so cool to, like, think that you did all that, too. Like, what an incredible journey. Well, I'm writing a book because it is so yes, much. Yes, it is a lot. <laughs> He's full of stories, too. Like, yeah. that, that's that's just like the tip of the iceberg. J- just like Completely. A little, just like a little summary, you know? Now, you and Dean are working on a little mini-series about, yes. you're talking about where you were from in Mississippi and all that, in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, there was a sort of a, can you tell us a little bit about well, the mafia thing that was going well, on? Well, here's here? what happened. My father and mother divorced when I was three or four. He was in Mobile. I was raised in Mississippi. Didn't see him a lot, but my father, um, my dad started getting into the club business. Uh, he had worked at the shipyard, got laid off, and ended up taking a job cleaning toilets at this big club in Mobile. And he went in with the right attitude. I'm just going to clean these bathrooms better than they've ever been cleaned. You know, and he just kind of worked his way up. Wow. Impressing the owner, became a bar back, became this. And then with the, um, the manager got hurt in a bar fight or something. My dad stepped in for that week or two as an interim manager and the club ran better than it's ever ran. Wow. So the owner said, you're the new manager, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And so my dad, he was charming, handsome, good looking, hardworking, uh, great with people. And that led to another opportunity for him to open his own club eventually. And then he became like, you know, the unofficial mayor of Mobile, Alabama. Wow. Basically. That's uh, right. And with all that, there's that power, there's politicians in your pocket there's <laughs> yeah. cops there's judges how old were you when this was going on when i was probably you know gosh 12 13 i guess maybe or 10 i don't know whenever all this was happening and but you I didn't moved, really know a, a lot of the, what I was know the a lot inside about it, of what was going i moved to la yeah. you know i'd come home once a year and you know so i hadn't seen my dad but like once a year for the rest of my life you know until he passed away a year and a half ago um and then when he passed, I knew a lot of stories about him. And then I started interviewing people that worked for him and getting more details about the things he was in control of and the things that he navigated down there yeah. being this guy. And it's too much for a movie, so uh, it has to be a series. Yeah. So we're working on it. And It was kind of a mafia thing that he was sort well, of involved Well, he kind with, of became right? the head of that town, like a Dixie Mafia guy. Yeah, like he, wow. Whatever he said, whoever, whatever official he wanted to be mayor they became mayor yeah like it, ah, was, it was all that he he had he was the a lot of power he, he was the power. power he was the guy behind the curtain pulling the mm-hmm. the, the ledges yeah, yeah. So, so crazy it, to think about it's a lot to work on but we're having a blast dean and i are working on it with scott thompson who's a very talented screenwriter and uh we're yeah we're having a blast i can't wait to see it man yeah, that's well, gonna be uh, I, i'll be able to say hey i remember him talking about that yeah. and it's not a documentary but it's definitely inspired by him and and the main character is based on who my dad was you know but it's yeah. not you know step by step a documentary on mike wilson but wow but it's gonna be fun mike yeah wilson yeah 
Uh, Cheyenne, are you interested in being, or do you think there'll be an opportunity for her to act in it or anything like that? Um, I, if, there, if there is a, like, the ability for me to act in it, absolutely. If I can write songs for oh, it, absolutely. So Which already has. Right, right yeah. Oh, like, already, I, oh, I read man. the pilot and I got inspired and I was like, well, I'm going to go write a couple songs. And then I sent, like, I, I don't know, a video or a voice memo to my dad, like, right then and there. I was like, listen, th- this goes with this, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. This can play during this scene, you know? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Something so, else to look forward to. Right. Yeah. So this is creative outlets. Just another thing that we can collaborate on. Yeah. It, so cool. it's, it's been honestly pretty awesome being able to, like, have that connection with my dad too you know like he's like not just my dad but he's also like my best friend and like we've worked on so much together like just growing and like yeah it's a blessing it, for sure yeah, yeah. It, that it's is so amazing cool. and i've recognized that relationship that you two have that close relationship since you were little and we did your video together yeah you know and he, every he, time i would ask something he would always say well let me ask cheyenne see what she thinks well, she's my robbie 2.0 good... <laughs> no, that's what yeah, i, t- that's what I call 2. her <laughs> she's the better version but oh my gosh uh, yeah she will surpass um my career for sure which i love well i I just get to like live out the legacy you know like (laughs) of of all of it like starting with grandpa to you to me like some yeah it's a special thing you know i I feel it it's that wilson fire you know yeah really it's fun Uh, and the bigger her stage just a bigger opportunity for her to bless people she's such a positive person and such a uh I don't know. She can speak over people and, and heal them almost with her words. She's so well spoken and so grounded and so spiritually uh, yeah. led. So she'll just have a bigger soapbox to stand on and, and hopefully give the world a little bit of goodness. Uh, There's absolutely. enough badness. Like, yeah. th- that's really like what the entire mission is. Like uh, whenever we're recording, I pray like. I, I invite God to every session. Like I, I pray in between every take, especially the ones that are those magic takes. That those are the ones like where right before I'm like, okay, God, like give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Like so, I'm very, very open to that when I'm writing, when I'm recording, right before I perform. I'm like, I, I just let Him take it if that makes sense. So I, I'm hoping that with that intention and with that love, um, I, I can like you know, subconsciously infect people's ears. Like when they listen to my music, like I have that intention right there, you know? And and music is like magic. Like God gave us music so we could worship and like all kinds of things. So like, I I really want it to feel like you're at church almost. Yeah. But whenever you see it Without being preachy or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I don't really make Christian music because Mm -hmm. I want to reach everybody, not just Christians, you know? I want to touch everybody and show them love and uplift them inspire them so everything that. that you touch has a positive vibe to it you're th- saying th- that's the intention yeah. you, you know like I'm not perfect but I really do try to be self-aware and like make that the the center and the core of why I do this in the first wow. place you know it's really just to bless people like using the gift that that he gave me in the right way 
you know. That is so awesome. Well, thank That's you two very, very much for man, joining me. Are you I, me. I always learn so much when I talk to people. Like when I talk to Dean or Michael, I learn things about them I never knew. And right. I've been with them for decades, you know. So funny. And it's so neat and so great to have you on here, Cheyenne. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love getting to like talk about it and then share the story. It's, and you it's listen to a, a lot of podcasts life. as well and watch them and yeah. you're kind of into it. So now you're on one. I, I, absolutely. You How cool is that? Man? Very cool. Well, thank you it. for having us, Keisha. This has been so much fun, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys out on the road. And tomorrow yeah, night, tomorrow we're night we'll leave we'll again. See you <laughs> soon, hopefully. Absolutely. In the, in the video, in the video, the famous video channel or whatever, whatever that's going to be on <laughs> your famous YouTube channel. Right. Okay. See you. See you.